0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I am Joe Cook. Today, I've got Justin Wells with me for our normal Thursday chat before Steve Sarkeesian's press conference. Thanks for watching On Texas Football. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to our channel. Also, make sure you check out Inside Texas. You can get four months of an Inside Texas Plus subscription for just $1 right now. That gets you through the rest of the season, gets you through the bowl, gets you through signing day. Heck, it may even get you to second (laughs) signing day. I'm not even sure uh, right now looking at the calendar since the day's run together. But I do know where we're at. We're in uh, week seven of the college football season. And, Justin, the Iowa State Cyclones, who Texas has not topped since 2018, are heading to town this upcoming weekend.
1: You know, bud – I don't think people realize there's not many kids in this program that have beaten Iowa state. And that's something that, you know, when Sark wants to write the ship, that's something he has to correct. Um, a, couple of, a couple of those games, I believe it was 19 and 20 were, were field goal, you know, field goal type type games last year was just a butt kicking up in Ames preceded by the famous uh, Bo Davis tirade, which you can read it inside Texas.com. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, This is a team that Iowa State's going to be confident. Even though they're 3-3, and this is a team that's beaten Texas three years in a row, and they seem to have their number, Joe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Whether it was that, like you mentioned, a lot of close games, the the genesis of Tom the Turtle, Herman, um, both, I think, in 2019 and a little bit in 2020, and then just, you know, all the problems that could have plagued – that did plague Texas last year throughout the entire season – kind of came to a head in that one game um, in Ames. You know, Casey Thompson couldn't throw. Hudson Card was ineffective. The offensive line couldn't do a whole lot. So uh, Texas is looking to uh, be able to not only move the ball against a challenging defense, and, you know, we may give that a lot of – we do give that a lot of oxygen. I've done it. Ian Boyd did it in some great analysis about how, uh, you know, that that three three five invites you to run – but the best way to go against it is just to, you know, find the holes and throw against it. Yeah. We've kind of talked about that a lot, but I, I think one underrated aspect about this game is uh, just the fact that, you know, the the Iowa State offense, I don't think – they don't score. I don't think they have really scored a touchdown in, in a couple games. Um, only one team, uh, the Baylor Bears, has scored more than 14 – or excuse me, the defense is great. Only one team, the Baylor Bears, has scored more than uh, two touchdowns against them, but that offense just can't get anything done. Um, a lot of it has to do with not having, you know, Brees Hall. He's on the Jets. It has to do with not having Charlie Kolar. It has to do with not having Brock Purdy. Um, those are their difference makers. And they still, it, it has to do with honestly not having Tariq Milton. Um, they still have Xavier Hutchinson, who's a really, you know, he's a typical. Wow, this team machine. is big twelve. Yeah, and it's like, wow, this Big Twelve team has a really good receiver, but that's about it. Like they just cannot move the football. Um, they're great in defensive rankings, but awful everywhere else. And this is going to be a chance for uh, Steve Sarkeesian and, and Pete Kwiatkowski on defense to continue to, you know, show that they've made a lot of improvement. They may be going against a limited opponent, but. It's If they can limit a limited opponent, then, you know, they're just doing exactly what they needed to do.
1: I like what how Eric Nolene, our fearless leader, I like how he coined it, Revenge Tour 2022. Uh, They knocked off West Virginia. They knocked off Oklahoma. Next up is Iowa State. There's something about this group. Most of these kids in this program haven't beaten Iowa State. That's significant. (laughs) It really is. And so there's a chip on their shoulder with this one. This is a game they want to win. And if you talk to people close to the program, they got through the Oklahoma win pretty quickly and they were focused on Iowa state Sunday evening at the, at the latest, this was a team that they kind of, they built so much confidence from the red river beatdown, Joe and Iowa states. Like you said, the offense is a mess. The defense is really solid. Um, I mean, the defense is is kind of a bend note break as well, but like you said, you can run against them when, when you get the right fronts right now though, you know, Texas, they have a lot of momentum. And and, and we're going to see how they transition that from a, a big, big rivalry win. You know, there's going to be, a, you know, sometimes you got to expect a hangover. But I think for some reason, I feel like Texas is is not above it, but I just feel like this isn't the year that that's going to happen. I don't know if it's the calmness of Quinn Ewers. I don't know if it's being able to lean on Bijan Robinson each week. I don't know if it's the defense pitching a shutout. It's there's there's a there's a quiet confidence about this group and Iowa State's offense gives up some of the most sacks and pressures in college football. I feel like Texas is going to try to really exploit that. They're they're going to try to eat Xavier Hutchinson. He's like one of the top pass catchers in college football. The guy I think he averages seven, eight catches a game. He's going to get his. He's also going to see double teams, but he's going to get his. There's nothing else there. There's really not. You don't want this to be a game where somebody breaks out. You don't want this to be a game where Iowa State has somebody that that puts, like a Mike Warren, that, that gets put up on a pedestal after a big game. It's at home as well. And I'll say this. The Texas fans have been incredible this season about coming and filling up that stadium regardless who they play. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff. I have a feeling the fans are still going to be there early and loud. And, you know – it's going to be a good game just because, you know, Matt Campbell's a guy you always got to prepare for. You always got to be, um, you know, on your toes. But this isn't the same Iowa State team. This isn't the same offense. And like you mentioned, they're missing some key guys that have, that have gone on to bigger, better things. I like these matchups a lot, Joe. I don't want to feel, sound overconfident, but if I'm a Texas fan, I love these matchups going in.
0: Yeah, I haven't watched as much Iowa State as I should have. Probably I've watched that Kansas game. Uh, watched you know a couple of their other matchups, and of course Hutchinson's a guy you got to watch. Uh, Six hundred four receiving yards already, uh, five touchdowns I think too. Uh, but the guy they asked to fill in for Brock Purdy, a guy named Hunter Decker's. I don't think he's as good as JT Daniels, but I think he plays a similar type of game. Um, that's to say he's not super. I don't think he's super mobile. Uh, you know, not very many rushing yards. Forty-two attempts for uh, four yards. Um, and part of that has to do with sacks. He's been sacked 14 times. Like this is a lot of times with Iowa State, you'll see, you know, maybe their cycle for skill talent isn't quite humming along like they want it to be, but right. they have pretty good play in the in the trenches, and that's just typical of Matt Campbell teams. I don't know if that's applicable this year with 14 sacks. Uh, you know, that takes away what 98 yards. So if I can do some quick math, that'd be 28 plus. I mean what 28 yard, 28 attempts for 102 yards, something like that. So it's not like Hunter Deckers is a big big time run threat. He can run a little bit, but he's not gonna burn you uh outside the pocket. Stylistically, like I said, like JT Daniels, but not as good either. And he throws picks, right. you know, they've played six games, he's got six interceptions. So um they're they're a little careless with the football. Um again, Jaleel Brock, he's had a good year, 78 carries, 394 yards. Um, you know, two touchdowns, he's capable, but he's not Priest Hall. Um, he's not David Montgomery. And when, when you My have Lord. that,
1: uh, guys.
0: yeah, when, when that's what Texas has to stop, I feel like it's a good matchup for the Texas defense for the uh against the Cyclone offense. But like, you, like I mentioned, like you even mentioned, the offensive line giving up sacks. Uh, this is going to be a big game for you know, I, we always say for the whole defensive line, but. Yeah. Ovi Gofu, uh, 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 Baron, Baron Sorrell, Sorrell, even maybe Ethan Burke getting some opportunities, Justice Finkley. If they get in, I feel like we're going to see them be able to pin their ears and get back at the quarterback because Absolutely. I don't see Iowa State being able to do a whole, whole lot um, on, on standard downs. And, you know, we, we keep talking about what they lost from last year and have mentioned uh, some of the replacements, whether it's Brock for Hall, Deckers for Purdy, so on and so forth they don't really have a tight end uh Hanukkah, I which I think, was a
1: Campbell staple the first what three 15? or four seasons it felt like they had an all-conference tight end each year it was right. like I felt like it was just part of his DNA
0: like just looking at the granted these are the ESPN stats but uh their tight ends have a combined five nine 14 16 catches this year. Uh, among the, the tight end position.
1: And that's I mean, not I moving think, the chains
0: on third down. Exactly. And he's not mismatches. Because I was looking through pictures for last year, and I see Deshaun Jameson trying to tackle Charlie Kolar. Well, I mean, normally you'd be okay with a corner <laughs> being able to cover him, but you weren't last year. That's, that's no. not the case. And they don't have a guy like that. So um, I wonder if it's going to be I, – I, I don't really see it being like a high-scoring game. Uh, but – I also just don't see Iowa State being able to score that much just because they've had trouble on offense the entire year. It's not like they're missing a player and getting people back. Right. Um, and they're going against a Texas defense that doesn't give up big plays and is stout against the run. Um, they they still would like to probably have a lot better uh, numbers on money downs, third and fourth specifically. They definitely improved in that area against OU. But, um, you know, when you've got – probably when you have Davis Bevel playing quarterback, it's not too difficult to be able to do things like that. So I'd like to see him to continue to do well on third and fourth down, and uh, we'll see if they'll be able to to limit uh, uh, Iowa
1: State offense that just hasn't been able to get it done. The, the, I think the keys, and we agree on this, the keys is not going to be how the offense for Iowa State matches up with the Texas defense. I think Texas has a mismatch there. It's going to be the other way around. Texas, is, it's going to be how does Quinn Ewers and these guys – go against probably the best defense in the conference. And that's how Iowa State's keeping, you know, treading water right now with the offense trying to catch up. They're playing great defense to keep them in games. That's why most of their games have been close. And and, and I feel like the state of Iowa has started an anti-touchdown campaign. It almost feels like, you know you know you, you see those coaches that don't like to punt on fourth downs are always going for it on fourth downs maybe I always got this, this 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 mindset of you know non-touchdown oh. punt it punt it punt it get a field goal. get a safety get another safety hey field goal and two safeties that's a touchdown to them they're happy about it so I you know in, in all good in all good humor the matchup to me, I want to see how Quinn and these guys look against Iowa State's defense. This is going to be a defense that, that sometimes is going to sink eight guys back. How are they going to? How they going to? You know, how are they going to counter that? A lot of dinking and dunking, a lot of Bijan, a lot of getting uh, tailbacks out in the flat, getting mismatches with linebackers. Um, to me, that's going to be the fun side of this game. We kind of know what it might look like on the other end, but I want to see how Quinn and these guys react to a, a really good defense because. For the first time in a long time, Oklahoma's defense was suspect, and Iowa State's is going to be different.
0: Yeah, uh, just thinking about you know the structure of that 3-3-5, Oklahoma doesn't have a defensive lineman, or at least a starting defensive lineman, that weighs over 300 pounds. And a lot of that just has to do with what uh, Alex Grinch recruited for and that's tough to turn over in a year. And I'm I'm slightly sympathetic to Brent Venables in this regard. But that's to say, Iowa State does have those guys. Iowa State does have those 300 pounders uh, who have been recruited for this system, who know that they're going to be there to make things. The three in front are there to make things easier for the guy for the eight in the back. Exactly. Um, and then that also includes Will McDonald and Orion Vance. You know, two uh, Will McDonald uh, may be one of the better defensive players in the Big Twelve. Uh, Same with the Ryan Vance. It's going to be another challenge, not just for this Texas offensive line that's got two freshmen, but uh, for that interior to make sure that they can, you know, sometimes it's going to be a weird like three on three. They've got to be able to handle that three on three and Jake majors has done well with that in recent weeks, but it's going to be another test uh, for him. So um, anything else on Iowa state, we'll get back with a against the spread prediction before too long, but we got a couple of other topics we want to hit on. Let's move it on. All right. So, uh, as we do every three games, it seems like over on Inside Texas, uh, giving quarterly reports, and this time now we got two quarters. Uh, we're halfway through the season, and that's that's hard to believe already. It
1: is hard. I was doing that the other day, and I thought about that, Joe. I thought we only have six or seven of these left. Yeah. This season has been like that.
0: It it's been nuts, but. Um, that means it's time to issue some superlatives. And the other day, you went through MVP, offensive and defensive player, and offensive and defensive newcomer. Um, mm. So uh, look, we can start with MVP. Um, there was some, you know, I guess pushback on inside Texas, and understandably so, um, just because of how much he means to the team. The MVP should have gone to Roshan Johnson, and. Eh, I get that as far as just what he means to the team. Uh, but yes. on the field, if if this if Bijan Robinson is not there, this this team looks a lot different. If Quinn was playing all six games, it's probably him. Uh, but if not, it went to Bijan. Uh, and if you're gonna, you know, honestly, I think if you're gonna argue that oh, Roshan should be MVP, well, you could just give a vote to Hudson Card in the same way because I think it's like the same spirit. Either way, I think it's Bijan just because he's having a great year. He, he continuous, continuously seems to get 100 total yards a game. They're manufacturing touches. And he hasn't been overworked. So that one game that he may need where it's like, all right, buddy, you ready for carry 25, 26, 27? That hadn't happened yet. Right. Uh, and yet he's still producing and being a, a huge part of this offense's
1: success. A lot of, you know – for, for for viewers to understand, the midseason awards are are more of a collective from the IT staff. It's not just right. me saying this guy is the award winner or that. It's really a collection of you know all of us going back and forth. And and I actually suggested Rashawn because of this presence he brings that locker room. When when the team didn't look good earlier in the year, he had come through on certain times. I believe it was UTSA where he kind of served himself in that second quarter and and helped them kind of start to to, to really turn. Rashawn is a leader. Rashawn is like, like Coach Sark said, he's the alpha of a lot of these guys, but he's not Bijan Robinson. And this isn't a numbers deal, but if it was, it'd still be Bijan Robinson. Like you said, this is a different looking team. If he's not there, we're not going to try to reinvent the wheel and make this harder than it is. Bijan Robinson's the MVP. He's headed towards an all, all American season He already has 10, 11 t- total touchdowns on the season. This is a kid that if he makes – if we see a good month out of Bijan over the next four or five weeks, he might get a seat in New York. He's, 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 he's trying to jockey for position right now, and I think you're going to see a lot of separation in the Heisman race over the next month. I, I'm not a fan of UCLA, UCLA quarterback DTR. I, I I think he's been overhyped a little bit, especially when you're playing the lower lowercase teams. But right now, we, we didn't overthink this. Bijan Robinson, MVP
0: yeah and i'm I'm glad that the other two offensive awards went to the guys they did um i guess with offensive player of the year we had to exclude Bijan just because we wanted to get another name up there and you know if you're mvp okay you're probably and you're on offense you're probably the guy uh so remove him from the consideration again if quinn's healthy it's likely him for for both of these but he didn't stay healthy so offensive player of the year um at least at this juncture You went with – or we went with Xavier Worthy, and I think that was, you know, maybe two games ago (laughs) through four games. We'd be wondering about that. But in the last two games, both against West Virginia and against Oklahoma, really has stepped up and started to look like the Xavier Worthy that we saw last year, being a lot more consistent um, and playing like the number one threat that, you know, he's he's lined up to be basically every game.
1: The thing with Worthy – is that he last year was was his breakout tour? He he, he got he got a lot of single coverage for, for, for the most of the season until people started figuring out later in the year. This year, all he has seen is double teams. Joe, what he is doing, to open up this offense, especially the run game, especially allowing Jatavian Sanders and, and Jordan Whittington to to find little creases and holes in the zone. Like Worthy's been not just you know. Numbers wise, solid. He's been solid in in, in the help and the growth of this offense. And so and there have been a few d- deep balls that were just and we're talking about much more stats when you're talking about Xavier Worthy. And so that was another one that I didn't think, we, you know, it was almost a no brainer just because of how much effect he has on this Texas offense, the success of it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, he was a. He was not the, the super clear choice, but he he was the choice. We bounced a couple of names for that one, but if we were eliminating Bijan, uh, it was going to be Xavier. Sanders, Sanders
1: deserved an, an honorable mention. The kid has as many touchdown catches in one season, I think, as David Thomas had in his junior or senior year at Texas, which I believe was the, the end-season record in right. half the year. So Sanders yeah, I mean, was definitely an honorable mention. Very
0: likely in this game he'll produce – He'll get stats that'll have him outproducing the entire tight end unit from last season. So, um, and we'll probably have a post order. up
1: on Facebook 20 minutes after that happens on the game on Saturday. So, be, be stay tuned,
0: it'll work. Um, and then, of course, offensive newcomer of the year. This one was easy. I wouldn't
1: let y'all take this one from me.
0: This one was easy. I think this may have been unanimous, and it's Kelvin yeah. Banks. I mean, the guy is. He's probably first team all-conference. I, granted, I, whenever I watch highlights of, of other games and other teams. They don't look you know, like him. I, I, they don't look like him. I'm not watching the tackles. You know, that's kind of one I trust, like the, the draft people to maybe give me some highlights on and stuff like that. Uh, but, I mean, with how good he's played, that, that guy should be first team all-conference. Um, maybe even offensive lineman of the year. I don't know if if somebody on Baylor or maybe even Oklahoma State will have something to say about that. All in all, he's played at a – he doesn't look like a freshman out there. He's just been a, a rock, uh, and he's been great running the ball – or in run, run blocking. He's been great in pass protection. And
1: as we saw against Oklahoma, he can even uh, show a little nasty streak too. And here's my favorite stat about Kelvin Banks, the lack of penalties. People don't understand. Freshmen cause more penalties on the offensive line. Inexperience causes more false starts, more uh, delay games, more holding calls. We're not seeing that from these young freshmen. Calvin Banks and Cole Hudson have been damn near perfect when it it comes to that. And and a lot of times that's a good mark of, of of a young, disciplined offensive line. It's the lack of penalties. We're not seeing those little silly penalties that would plague this group over the last few years. I expected the freshmen to kind of have some of those humps. They haven't had them. Kelvin Banks, like you said, is not playing like a freshman. It's almost too good to be true how quickly he has acclimated himself to the college game. It was quick, and I think our man Eric nailed it. He was probably the most important recruit in the state last year. He may have been the best recruit in the state last year, and he is proving his medal day after day, Saturday after Saturday.
0: It's been fun to watch. Uh, moving on to defense. Uh, this one was a little intriguing because I think, uh, you know, if you wanted to maybe give it to like a unit, I'd argue defensive line, but that's not what the uh, the award is. And it's defensive player. <clears throat> I could have gone with maybe his position mate, but I, I do like the pick. We, you, we went with Jaron Thompson for defensive player of the year. Um, he's been sound in his responsibilities. Uh, man. When he's coming downhill, you don't want to be there because he's not afraid to throw that right shoulder uh, into, into anybody, whether it's a big running back, whether it's a fast guy, he is there. Um, and he does it, you know, it's something else to be commended, does it pretty cleanly too. Like it's not targeting, like he is throwing shoulders out there uh, and looking great. And he's part of a secondary that has been uh, really assignment sound, you know, only a handful of explosive plays have gone against him. like literally Probably no more than five. One. Yeah, four. And one was a trick play throwback. Like the, the these guys have uh, done very well in the passing game. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with, with Jaron Thompson, who this is not what he was last year. He was not always in position and he missed tackles probably at a clip. There's one that stands out and that will jade a lot of people's memory, but it was a little bit of a consistent thing too. That's not the case this year. He still misses his fair share, probably more than he'd like, uh, but he's been consistent. Uh, he's helped uh, navigate,
1: and, along with Anthony Cook, quarterback that defense, and have the Texas secondary playing extremely well. That was our toughest choice, in my opinion, because, yeah, we, we – I mean, everyone on the defense at, at every level has had some guy that, somebody that stepped up, whether it's the, the seniors on the defensive line, whether it's Jalen Ford, at linebacker, or whether it's Jaron and Anthony Cook in the back end, not giving Ryan Watts and they their just dues because they have played really well of late. But the thing that was funny is you, you had posted a story about... Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Uh, the, the, top, the top performers in the midseason uh, of midseason and, and you know, some, some of the grades from PFF and, and what it's looked like midway through. And I'm going through it and Jaron Thompson is listed in almost every defensive category in the top five. And when we, when we started talking about it a little bit more, I, I simply mentioned, guys, Jaron's doing a lot more than I think we're giving him credit for. And even Ian Boyd doubled down on it. And he's like, Jaron's been tremendous. I'm a little partial. He's a Lufkin, Texas kid. I've known him for a long time. He is an incredible human being who has overcome things you can't imagine in his life. And Jaron is a warrior. And I felt like in the first drive, the first, first two drives of Oklahoma game, He was coming downhill with suddenness. He was coming downhill with a purpose. He was laying hat early. I thought it set a little tone for the defense early on in that game. Jaron Thompson, junior out of Beast, Texas, defensive player of the year midseason.
0: I mean, you mentioned Ford. Ford's been great. He's definitely got the. Dave Campbell
1: just came out with their in state college college midseason report. They gave it to Jalen Ford overall, right? And and Agreed. granted, Jalen Ford leads a lot of he would lead a lot of conferences in tackles. He's been a tackle machine since week two, but we felt like Jaron's had more of an impact.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, and I, I can definitely see. Uh, you know, I see why they picked Ford. He's got the counting yeah. stats. He's been very good in the middle of that defense after surging last year. But yeah, uh, it's just with the way the secondary looked last year compared to this year, and Jaron Thompson's improvement being a big part of it, it was tough for us to give it to anybody else. This uh, this last one, uh, uh, defensive newcomer of the year, didn't have a ton of options. Um, Just you know, it was basically either Ryan Watts, Diamante Tucker, Dorsey, or I don't know, maybe Austin Jordan. Uh, Has to go to Ryan Watts. Uh, he's played really well at corner, um, has his ups and downs like any corner. Uh, but, you know, as you know, when you, whenever, whenever you get an Ohio State transfer uh, to come back home, you're looking for immediate impact. And uh, that's what Texas has gotten from him at that uh, corner position.
1: Ryan Watts has been exactly what we thought Ryan Watts would be. He's going to get you on coverage most of the time. He's going to have that 6-3 advantage. I had mentioned – Early on, we, we we saw him coming on that corner blitz. I believe it was on the on the field side, maybe on that corner blitz. And he looks like an outside linebacker coming off the edge. I mean, 6'3, 205 pounds, 206 pounds. He is he is built for for what he does. And right now, he's probably the 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 silent leader for Big 12 newcomer of the year in the conference. So Ryan Watts, tip of the hat. Hey, if I'm a if I'm a receiver, that's the guy I don't want to go against. Because you're literally playing a guy that, in most cases, is bigger, stronger, and taller than you are. And if I'm a receiver, that's not the matchup I want. If I'm PK, that's exactly the matchup I want.
0: Right. I mean, Ryan Watts versus Xavier Hutchinson, you kind of have to like that matchup. I mean, it's not Xavier Hutchinson is great, but he's not a guy who's going to test the recovery speed of, uh, you know, he's not going to test Ryan Watts' recovery speed. It's just not his game. Um, he's big, physical Ryan Watts is big and physical. That should be a really fun battle to watch. Um, uh, just thinking of, of other candidates, like I said, DeMonte Tucker Dorsey has been pretty solid. I wrote about him yesterday inside Texas, uh, not a starter, um, has his deficiencies is what it is. That's what happens, but he's played well. Um, and then who's was the other Austin Jordan? They're just not a lot of young players out there. Uh, on this Texas defense right now, uh, at least getting you know major snaps. Uh, Justice Finkley gets some. I think he had half a sack against Oklahoma. Um, that's that's really about it. Everybody else is either a sophomore or above, uh, to as best I can remember. So Ryan wants somewhat by default, but obviously his own good play is, has helped in that area. I want to um, mention
1: I gave, Bar- Bar- I gave Baron Sorrell some love. Baron, I went to battle for you. Mr. Sorrell, if you're watching this, I just want you to know I tried to fight for your boy. He only played a little bit last year, and a lot of times when these awards are given out, a newcomer could be a breakout sophomore who is just now starting in college football. I got I got denied, Mr. Sorrell. Baron, that's on me. I didn't bring I didn't bring my A game. I'll give you some more love later this year.
0: So you slipped, <laughs> like Baron. You you <laughs> slipped like Baron Sorrell oh man so all right, we will uh we'll issue more awards at the three quarter point in the year two more games, um, three more games. <laughs> one, one one thing I do want to mention is uh Kelvin banks received midseason true freshman all-American honors uh from on three so yeah. uh one of the I think one of the few longhorn or the only longhorn one of few big 12 players to to do that uh ESPN one thing named
1: him number eight impact player of the year and you know who was number nine on the espn impact freshman cole hudson cole hudson that's right
0: so good stuff from that class um kind of running short on time just a little bit we'll we'll skip some tight end discussion but look for some info just to note jaleel billingsley is back this week been practicing uh his ncaa suspension has now been served and he will be able to see the field so look out for i think number nine um We'll have some content on Inside Texas. He's walking match. <laughs> yep. a walking mismatch. A lot of great words said about him by his teammates and, and even Steve Sarkeesian uh, on Monday. So uh, we don't have to worry about quarterbacks. We pretty much know that it's going to be – We don't have to keep years. any more secrets. Oh, I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We did not expect to see that little uh, Richard yeah. Cameo. I, I
1: didn't know Matthew was, I didn't know Uncle Richard was going to come on there, Matthew. Props, oh, give man. You, your man, some, some love. I appreciate that. He must be a Phillies guy,
0: but uh, so what I do know is that after last week, both of us are three and three, uh, picking against the numbers. We both thought Texas would cover the seven. Little did we know that meant the uh, seven touchdown line. <laughs> uh, so we, uh, we got that one. Uh, no separation there. Um, this line opened, I think, around two touchdowns, kind of in that 12 to 14 range. Uh, where I'm checking out right now, Texas is a 16 and a half point favorite. Uh, Over under is 50. Mm-hmm. So if I can do quick math, that's like what 32 to it's like. 18 36 14 something like somewhere around there um i i I do words for a living um so texas by 16 and a half at home at 11 a.m i think i know both of us think that the horns win this game this this wasn't one of the games i had circled at the beginning of the year as like a concern game uh so what about texas in 16 and a half do you think they cover that number
1: uh, I have a hard time with that one. I'm going to go with no. Uh, only because Iowa State doesn't get blown out. That When you play really good defense and you play sound, and, and, if, the, and if the offense puts them in any precarious positions, Campbell's going to dial that back and, and keep it a low-tempo game. 16 is just a high number. And I think they're, they're basing that off of the the all the momentum coming off of OU, basing it kind of where Iowa State's at right now. But, Joe, I think – I think they, they, I don't think they hit the over. I think this is a game that's going to be in, like you said, a 35 to 14 type range. I don't think they hit the over. And I'm, I'm going to, I'm chalking it up to not a cover. Uh, Texas isn't going to win against the spread. I, I, like you said, I I feel like Texas will win and, and we'll have our predictions up tomorrow in the IT roundtable. It's always a great, uh, great read on insidetexas.com. But now, you know, if I saw this offense doing what they did last week for two more weeks, yeah, maybe I, I would jump into that. But this is a really good defense, Joe. And two and a half touchdowns is, it seems a little too steep for me. I'm going with uh, Texas to not cover, but, and I'm going with the under.
0: This is where I create separation. I think Texas covers. Um, you know, I, I really, so I think what we saw, um, Think about the Alabama game. You remember how many times Bryce Young brought that play clock down to two seconds, one second? I think that's because they wanted to slightly shorten the game some. I bet that's the same way for Iowa State. I think they'll take their shots, but I think they're going to try to run clock and limit the amount of times that the Longhorn offense has the ball. I don't think it's enough. I think that Texas can get that 16-and-a-half, Plus, I want to uh, go four and three while you go three and four, so uh, we'll uh, we'll do that. I gotta find a pen I that. so I can uh, update my little Iowa football notebook that has everything written down. <laughs>
1: so. All right, Justin, anything else? No, um, I'll be on. A, we'll be inside Texas. We'll be uh, live from uh, Northwest ISD Stadium tonight, checking out. Uh, Wide receiver out of uh, Keller Timber Creek. You want to say his name for me so I don't butcher it? Dozy Yezutonma? Dozy is what I like to call him. I caught up with him last night. He's invited to the, the Texas-Iowa State game on Saturday. He's going to be there. He's one of the top wide receivers in the 2024 class in state. He looks fantastic. He looks bigger and, and maybe better than his brother, who, who's making a living for the Miami Dolphins right now. And so that's 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 a bold – uh, statement, but I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm curious to see how he looks. I'm excited that Texas is in the mix for him, so be sure to check out InsideTexas.com this evening. and tonight We'll have some action being there live on the scene.
0: Absolutely. If he's better than Eric, that's, that's going to be something because Eric was one of my favorites uh, at Tech, and he, he put it on Texas a couple times, so glad to know he's doing well in the NFL. Uh, thank you again for watching another episode of On Texas Football. Be sure you like this video. Uh, subscribe to our channel. Go ahead and click that bell, and um, never miss a, an opportunity to watch. Whether it's me and Justin, Bobby Burton, Eric Nalene, Trey, and BK are back. Uh, award-winning oh, duo. The, the, the award-winning duo will Whoa. be back. On so fired up for that on these airwaves. Uh, should be a lot of fun if you ever listen to them on the horn from like what was it 2017 to 2020? What the better group, brother? It was great radio. It's what it, it was probably you know, I I listened to the horn all day, but I really enjoyed listening to them. Um, so make sure you check that out here. Go ahead and go to Inside Texas, you can get four months for one dollar. Again, covers the next six games, maybe seven, maybe eight games. Uh, gets you to do that early signing day. Gets you into the uh, Texas hoop season uh, where Jerry Hamilton and I and Justin and Tim Preston will have That's that covered. Close. So never been a better time to jump on board with Inside Texas. The content flows daily. Got it covered from all angles. And, uh, you know, whether it be pregame, postgame, midgame analysis, there's nothing better. So thank you all for watching. Thanks again to Matthew Hutchinson for producing this show. Another banger, as always, with a little help from uh, – the the queen or king of uh of workout home videos so for justin wells i'm joe cook thank you for watching and we'll see you next time